I will speak up now. It's just they were just turning on the recording thing so people can listen to it afterwards. But we will start our new sermon series and we'll be in Matthew for a while. But we'll start with Matthew 1 through 17. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, and Judah the father of Perez, and Sethra by Tamar, and Perez the father of Hazor, and Hazor the father of Ram, and Ram the father of Amminadab, and Amminadab the father of Nashon, and Nashon the father of Salmon, and Salmon the father of Boaz by Rahab. And Boaz the father of Obed by Ruth. And Obed the father of Jesse. Jesse the father of David the king. And David was the father of Solomon by the wife of Uriah. And Solomon the father of Rehoboam. And Rehoboam the father of Abijah. And Abijah the father of Asaph. And Asaph the father of Jehoshaphat. And Jehoshaphat the father of Joram. And Joram the father of Uzziah. And Uzziah the father of Jothan, and Jothan the father of Ahaz, and Ahaz the father of Hezekiah, and Hezekiah the father of Manasseh, and Manasseh the father of Amos, and Amos the father of Josiah, and Josiah the father of Jehochlani, and his brothers. At that time of the departure to Babylon, after the departure to Babylon, Jehonadah was the father of Shentila, and Shentila the father of Shrubel, and Shrubel the father of Abijah, and Abijah the father of Elohim, and Elohim the father of Azor, and Azor the father of Sadok, and Sadok the father of Elohim, and Elohim the father of Elihud, and Elihud the father of Elisa, and Elisa the father of Matahan, and Matahan the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Joseph the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called Christ. So all the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations, and from David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations, and from the deportation to Babylon to the Christ, 14 generations. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. So I don't know about you, but when I hit genealogies and uh, <laughs> and have to start Matthew, like, oh, come on. Like, I have page of names, <laughs> and it also happens in the Old Testament a lot. I was like, three pages of names? I was like, well, um, so I don't know. That's maybe you are uh, more spiritual than me, but that's <laughs> sometimes what I think. Um, but we're going to take this journey through Matthew. Uh, Matthew is actually also... Um, called Levi uh, something I didn't know but I, le- I read in a commentary which was really interesting is that Matthew is probably the name that he gets by Jesus so he's called Levi first but then in the, in the when the uh, what they call when the names of the disciples are mentioned he's mentioned as Matthew we'll meet Math- Matthew later on as Jesus calls him Matthew is not um He's not a popular man. Uh, he was a tax collector. Uh, he was a traitor of his own nation. He extorted money from people. And so 
he might have not been a very popular person, uh, but he he um, has now he will now um, help us, and he has written this account of who Jesus is, and so he he um, he's he listed very early. He's not going to wait. And John John later writes in his gospel, "This was so that you would know that Jesus was the Christ." Matthew writes this in the first sentence. He writes, this is the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Uh, Christ is not uh, Jesus' last name. It is a title. Uh, It is the title that means this is the anointed one. Jesus' name, Jehovah is our Savior, is his name. The Christ... Christ is this is the anointed one and so in Jewish understanding this is not just someone this is the one the one that all the prophets talked about the one that was going to precede David the one that's going to come from Abraham the one that's going to fulfill all the prophet all the prophecies the one that was going to be the ultimate prophet priest and king the chosen one the redeemer the king of kings, the Lord of lords. So Matthew lays it out very early. He says, this is who Jesus is. And then he starts this journey with us and draws us in. And one of the first things he does is not just write, okay, this is all the people he knows from the phone book. No, he, he establishes what he needs to establish, that Jesus is a descendant of Abraham and David. And he writes the whole line. What is very easy in genealogies, um, and also for me, is if we don't have, if we don't know who these people are, we don't see the significance of him mentioning these names. So as I go through, um, this is not going to be in depth of every person. Uh, a few people I would say a little bit about, and some things we know almost nothing about. So I just say we don't know anything about that person. So it'll be kind of a flyover, and it's just like, why, why is that? Well, that's because it covers a lot, lot, a lot of the Old Testament. <laughs> so if I've had to to say everything about each person, uh, it will be an Old Testament series uh, before we get started. So if you just read the Old Testament the next time, then you're ready, so we can go from there. Now I'll just say a few things about it, but you have to look at something very important. Uh, many people, maybe before me, have said this times, there are women in this genealogy. They're very interesting women. Um, and so they stick out. There are foreigners in there of other nations. So Jesus come from a line of where there's foreigners and even people who were uh, seen as enemies of God's people. That's very encouraging for us because it points to also, it also points to, oh, I forgot to show you the slides as I was going through. Oh, you could have followed along here. <laughs> uh, but um, because, um, get back. Uh, because it's very encouraging. And Matthew writes, I, th- I believe Matthew is trying to tell us something. That he was, he had betrayed his own nation for money. But Christ still came for him. By including these people of different nationalities and other things, and uh, we see here why he starts with Abraham 
Abraham is given this promise in Genesis 12, 1 to 3. And God comes to Abraham and asks him to leave his, leave his people and go out. Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I'll show you. And I'll make you a great nation. I'll bless you and make you a great name so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will, I will, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Paul later talks about this as this is the promise of Jesus already there. Because in Abraham, all the generate, all the nations would be blessed in his one. So we see that in the genealogy. He starts with Abraham. Let me see if I can illustrate this. Oh, it works on the screen. So it gets... (laughs) It can get, it, it's, it all depends on how complicated you would want to make the tree. <laughs> but this one is a, kind of like a, of the first ones that we're going to go through. So we start, we start with Abraham. And then we have Isaac and Jacob. Jacob has 12 sons. Then Jesus, he's the line of Judah. And then if we just dwell on Judah a little bit, he's not the nicest person in the world. He has a daughter-in-law called Tamar. His son, two of his sons died, but he wouldn't want to give the third son to her. So then she dresses up as the prostitute, and then Judah goes in with her and has a son with her. So this is a story that if you come from a slightly dysfunctional family, you already feel welcome uh, here in Jesus' line. Not that everything was too super great with, with uh, Jacob's 12 sons and the five, four or five wives that he had. Um, but uh, here we see the first woman that is mentioned is, a, in a sense, a shrewd, <laughs> shrewd woman who gets to have an offspring even though she was set aside. Uh, Judah seemed to do, do to do repent and say that Tamar is more righteous than he when she is almost dragged out to be killed, but she she has kept proof that he was the one that has been with her. Um, so as we follow, as we follow down, so Tamar is there. We follow down, down through here. We're going to skip to the next people that are interesting. Uh, There's also all these people. (laughs) And this one is more simple. No, this is not simple at all. This one's the simple one. (laughs) So, (laughs) because this is what's said in the book. (laughs) So so there's there's various uh, complexities. So if if they're this big, it's very complex, but then... We just go to this one, and then it's all the people that's mentioned. So then you can see all the people that are mentioned there. Um, so, so the next people that are mentioned that I just want to say something about is that uh, where are they? Uh, we see Rahab. She is a very interesting, very interesting character. She's there on the. She's there on the screen. Do you remember who she is? She is a prostitute that lives in Jericho. 
she is convinced that God has given the land uh, to the Isra- to to the Israels. So she helps the spies, and she is saved. So her and her family is saved out of Jericho, where everyone else would be destroyed. Why? Well, because she believed in God. Now her son grows up to be a godly man, and his name is Boaz. And so, so uh, now I forgot to look up who she, what uh, I forgot up I forgot to do that. Okay, but you can uh, research it yourself and see what what uh, tribe. Um, what's her name? Uh, uh, no, uh, she's a Moabite. The other lady, the uh, the mom, uh, you know Rahab. Well, I can't remember what she is, but she's something else too. She's a she is from the land. But then we come to Boaz, and he he grows up a godly man, uh, also apparently a wealthy man. He's done well. Uh, he though becomes he chooses to redeem an old widow, and also a widow of a man of the land. But she is from a different nation called Moab. And so Naomi, who's not mentioned here, but is the the mother of uh, of two dead children and a dead husband who was in all despair and wanted people to call herself Mara, who was sure that her line was going to stop, Boaz redeems her and Ruth and becomes part of Jesus' lineages. So Jesus' line is full of strange, strange and diverse people from different lands. Even people, like I said before, that was, they were forbidden to intermarry with. But it was never about nation. It was always about what God do people worship. Then we come back, then we see Boaz and Ruth has a son. His name is Obed. And Obed becomes the father of King David. This is the only time we have the designated title of the king. And it's about David. David, the man after God's own heart. The warrior king. I could be the best warrior king ever. But he gets a child of the lineage from somebody else's wife. Bathsheba was Uriah's wife. And David takes her has a child with her and he becomes she but he she becomes his wife four or five so then the line starts down the kings of Judah because after Solomon David David institutes Solomon as king but Solomon's heart is drawn away by many 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 women uh, and thousands of girlfriends um the nation is split in two the northern kingdom Israel and the southern kingdom Judah. And then so we are going to go through, the line goes through the kings of Judah. So Rehoboam is the first son. Um, He is about to be called king, but they say, hey, can you you lighten the load? And he's like, no, I'll be worse than my father. They're like, see ya, we're leaving. So the 10 northern tribes leaves, and, but because of uh, Dave, faithfulness to David, the Judah has still the two tribes in the south. Um, 
then after that it goes uh, goes bad because Abijah he was a bad king he was evil like his father he was an adulterer and did adulterous acts um, Asa was a good king and he did what was right in the Lord's heart his heart was true to the Lord all his days and this is only the overview because you can read more about them in Chronicles and Kings and get a more detailed uh, picture of who they are uh, Jehoshaphat did as his father did, and he was good. Um, he was a contemporary with the northern king Ahab, who was not good. Uh, then Jotham, he was an evil king, who also married one of the daughters of Ahab, um, the evil northern king. Uzziah, he did what was right in the eyes of God, and he set himself to seek God all of his days. Jotham, he did what was right in God's eyes. Ahaz, he was an evil, bad king. Hezekiah did what was right in God's eyes. Manasseh was the worst king of Judah, wicked in his reign. Amos was an evil, bad king. Josiah, the boy king who starts all the reforms, he becomes king and is eight years old. He is a good king. But his son, Jehonachah, is carried away to Babylon. And, she, and, and Shechel, we don't know much about him. Zerubbabel is the governor that comes back following the Babylon and exile, he builds the temple in Jerusalem. Abihud means my father's majesty. Nothing else is mentioned about him. And then I have like a parenthesis. When we think about our lives and the legacies that we're going to leave, um, would that be okay for us? <laughs> if, we, if, we, if we are mentioned, it would just be the, it would just be the explanation of what our name meant. But nothing else would be said. Because in 5,000 years, if the Lord has not come back, most people will have no idea who we are. And, and is that okay? And, and can we live an okay life for Jesus without having to really be super concerned about what people think? Yes, we can. At least like people, not the people everybody thinks you're a jerk, but that in not many, many years, do you need to have buildings named after you? You need all those things. Or is it more important to remember who we live for? The true audience. God who sees the hearts and minds of us. We might have to watch out if we are living a life to be remembered here. It will be seem a lot more profitable that we will live a life that it will be remembered and we would hear good work, faithful servant. Instead, live a life where people know not much about us when we're gone, but they will know much about the one who saved us. That if you're very gifted in many areas, that you'll be able to give glory to Jesus for what he has given you, God. That might be your abilities of mind, your abilities of your body, your abilities to inspire people and to work and help people. So the question would be, whose glory are we living for? Are we living for our glory or for God's glory? Back to the line. That was just a little bit of a detour. Elikin, nothing really known about him. Hazor means, uh, his name means help. Maybe he needed help. Say like nothing really. Uh, the God is my praise, is Elihud. God is high and mighty, Elisar. Man, Manasseh, gift 
uh, of God, the grandfather of Joseph. So we're getting closer now. Jacob, God my protector, Joseph's father. And in fact, now we have reached Joseph. We really know very little about who Joseph is. Um, and most of, all we, most of what we know about him, we will learn in the coming weeks. Um, we, we, we learn that he is a carpenter, that he is a just man, uh, that he is obedient and follows what the messengers and angels tell him. And we don't really get much more knowledge about that. And he seemed to disappear in all of the Gospels. We know that he was betrothed and became the husband of Mary. And even the way it is mentioned, let's see, let's see what it says. It says here, um, And Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus Christ was born, whom is called Christ. So it's also from Matthew here, Joseph is not Jesus' father. She is born of Mary. Um, so Joseph becomes Jesus' adopted father, and Mary was his birth mother. But all of what Matthew is saying with this long list of names is what he said in the first line because it leads to the same name. Who is called Christ? So it leads to a focus on who is Jesus? Jesus is the Christ. The Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One, the one we have been waiting for all this life. And this is what I will tell you about this is why I am telling you these things. Matthew is writing to us. Then we have this part where Abraham, he's the chosen one of God. Then we go to, uh, so that's the chosen one. Then we have the, the king. Uh, then we have the fall of the kingdom, the deportation. Then we come back to the Christ. And so it's a 12, 12, 12, 12. We have to remember when, and he's not saying he when Matthew is writing, he is writing what he believes about Jesus. And he is making this this way. Because if you go through in Kings, there are people missing. Uh, there are some kings missing. So Matthew is making a point here. He's saying this, this, and this, this leads to this. And so he doesn't go just like I did. He doesn't take everyone, but he hits on the biggest ones. He's like, Abraham, the chosen one, David, the king, deportation, back from deportation to the Christ. And so one, one, uh, one commentator put it in a very good way, because I was trained in, in, in modern, what is it called, modern, uh, modern historical writing. Uh, that does not exist at this time, and this is not why Matthew is writing. He is writing so that you will believe that Jesus is the Christ. That does not mean that it is not true because those two are not exclusive. What Matthew writes is historical truth. The point is just he wants to show you who Jesus is. and He's more concerned about that. 
So what is it that Matthew wants us to know from this first chapter? He wants you to know that Jesus is the Christ. He's the Messiah. He fulfills that through the lineage. He works perfectly. He is from the tribe of Judah. He is the one that was talked about who's going to reign forever as the descendant of David. And he came from Abraham, so he will be the one who blesses all the nations. Matthew is letting you and me know that people that seem to be excluded of different ethnic groups, also uh, different ethnic groups, are invited in because they are in the lineage of Jesus. He also talks about people who have suspicious jobs, like prostitutes. They are also invited in. People that come from broken and dysfunctional families are invited in. All the great sinners are invited to come to Jesus. And he knows that because he was a traitor and a tax collector. He saw the ministry of Jesus where these people were the ones who gathered to be saved from Jesus. So as we look at Jesus, as Jesus' genealogy, there's so much good news. And that's why Matthew puts it in. But a cursor of reading, it, it is like, it is the phone book. Like, but we need to know some of those people to know that there is so much good news in that lineage. It also proves that Jesus is who he is. But we'll get into that as we go through the chapters. He is the coming Messiah, the Redeemer, the Lord. He lived, he died, he rose, and he's coming back. And he knows everything about you. And he knows everything about me. He knows where you're at right now, and he knows all the troubles you've had and all the joys you've had. And Matthew is telling you that you're welcome to come to Jesus, the Christ, no matter who you are. As we believers, we can just, you know, look at this and then rejoice. Lord Jesus, you've done this. You've made this possible for us. And we can live for the glory of the gods because of this. And we can continue to rhyme one another that because we were saved and because all these examples of people who are outcasts can be saved, so can all the people around us that we know. Because Matthew is saying, just like, come. So that's where Matthew, he starts out. He says, Jesus is the Christ. He proves it by his genealogy and he proves it by who is included will also be the ones that Jesus calls and the ones we talk about in Acts. The Gentiles are gathered in. The great sinners are gathered in. The religious, the think they are righteous in themselves, are asked to repent and come to Jesus. So let's just be in anticipation as we go through. And also just Hattie's was saying, hey, it's great. We're going to talk about Jesus now in the Gospels. Yes, that's why we're going through it. We're going to learn more about who Jesus is. So I pray you'll be blessed as we go through this series together. So let's pray together and just thank God. God, here if I thank you so much. that, I mean, Lord, you are wise in all ways. 
<laughs> and you also just honest. Like you, you, you use, like Jesus, you come through a, you come from a line of people. God, you chose to send your son through a line of people who are by no means perfect. Help us to be encouraged, Lord, that, that you can, you invite all people to come to you. Help us to be encouraged, all of us, that we can serve and, and, and share with people because you invite people in. No matter what ethnicity they come from, how far they've fallen, whether they're from a good family, a bad family. Help us to be aware to follow you, Jesus. Not fall into ritual, realistic um, uh, yeah, rituals or religion, but to follow who you are and come to you. Help us to get to know you, each of us, and not rely just on our parents or other things. So, Lord, we're just thankful <laughs> for your plan and our, and how you do things. You show yourself as an amazing, amazing God who comes in to save and seek the lost, to redeem us, glorify us, and make new, make us new creations in Christ. And so, we thank you for this time. Pray you'll bless the time that we're going to go through in Matthew and. We will, like people who are praying on, we will get to know you a lot better. And we will live that out to your glory and for the good of the people around us. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And so you may stand up for the benediction. I know there's also this verse, but then go there. And we go to uh, Hebrews. 13. Now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Uh, don't run away. Uh, Kailina's made a great pass this, so uh, come and come and join us for that.